Hello and welcome to episode three of the Black Techies podcast. I am your host, David, and today is all about gaming. Speaking of gaming, all of the music you'll hear today is in the podcast is courtesy of my man, Karf Darko. Uh, he's, a man, he's a guy who makes excellent 8-bit style music and has been used by the Game Theory YouTube channel and IGN. So if you want to check out his music, uh, feel free to go to his YouTube page at youtube.com slash carfmobile. That's C-A-R-F mobile. I'll be sure to add the link in the show notes. So, uh, so be, sure to, be sure to check him out. He's great and his music is awesome. Alright, so once again, I am joined by some wonderful people. Uh, some new people, actually. So let me uh, let's see who, who who we got. We got uh, we got Dominique here again. Yeah, what's up, guys? All right, what up? We got we got we got Herbert again, or just or just Herb. What's up, fellas? All right, let's let's see. Next, we got we got a new guy, Marcus. Greetings, greetings. And uh, last but not least, we got my man Roberto. What up? What up? All right, all right, fellas. Uh, we, we, we may or may not be joined by some more people. So, you know, so listeners, if you, if you see some, a female voice pop in, you know, don't, don't freak out, you know, girls play games too. So I'm trying to, one of my, one of my good friends, Cerise, she's a, she's a, she's a very great gamer uh, in her own right. So I'm hoping to get her on the podcast, but if not, you know, we'll still have fun. But uh, let's let's go ahead and get started. Actually, before before we actually uh, go into the into the different topics, uh, I guess we can we can go around. I kind of want to want to see you know what what are you playing like right now. So I'll start with myself. So right now, I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. That that game is is excellent. So I've been kind of engrossed in that for the past week or so. And I've kind of uh, I also been playing Mass Effect Andromeda. So I have the the origin access thingy so i can play it like you know i can play it earlier so i've been playing that on and off but mostly i've been playing horizon zero dawn so all right so the well, everybody hates you for that last one by the way hey look you know it's it's like it was like 30 dollars a year i was like all right whatever so <laughs> so i went ahead and did it was really not that good i've been hearing really i've been getting really bad reviews and it's making me sad Man, well, all right, when, when we get when we get to the multi-platform part, I'll talk about my my uh my experience with it. I don't I don't think it's as bad as people think it is, but uh but then again, I'm a Mass Effect junkie, so maybe I'm biased. But uh, so let's let's go around. Um, so uh, Dominique, what you, what you been playing? Uh, my main game is League of Legends. That's my primary game. Uh, but. The main game, I mean, I play Xbox and PS, uh, uh, Xbox One and PC. And so League of Legends is my primary, and I play a lot of Smite on Xbox, and I play um, uh, Halo Wars 2 is the new game I've been adding, and I'm also playing Deus Ex 2, Mankind Divided. Nice, nice. Is uh, h- How is Halo Wars 2? Uh, if you're a fan of real-time strategy and a fan of the Halo universe, it's a fun game. It's really competitive. It's not. It's not easy to just walk into. Like if you're if you're just like ah, let's see what this is about. It's 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 got a high entry level. All right. All right. So uh, let's see. Um, uh, Marcus, what you been playing? If you have been playing anything. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was gonna say I haven't been playing anything lately. Uh, I think the last game that I did play was FIFA. That's the one sports game I play. Well, two, one of two. I play FIFA and Madden pretty much. Um, my, my main game I go to is NCAA. Hopefully they'll settle the lawsuit and we'll be able to get that game back because that's the best game I think in the world for uh, sports fans. Uh, but I think last call I mentioned um, uh, Watch Dogs is one of my favorite games. Watch Dogs too. Um, I'm about halfway beating it uh, for the third time. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'm going to have to go with the suggestion that was made for me last time we were on the call by Dominique. So I'm still going to get Mafia 3. I'm probably going to pick that up this week. All right. So (laughs) it looks like we have a new new challenger on the scene. So Shoot just up and popped in. So so there are two Marcuses on the podcast. So that was was Marcus. That's Marcus Shoot. So now we got the other Marcus. <laughs> we'll just call him Shoot. <laughs> all, right, all right. That's how we distinguish. That's we got Marcus bad. and we got Shoot. <laughs> we can move on to uh to Roberto. Yeah, so um <clears throat> I I don't know what kind of uh cruel and unusual punishment my wife and my daughter thought they were pulling on me for Christmas. So they got me Final Fantasy fifteen and uh and Fallout 4, and I was like, how am I supposed to play, how am I supposed to do anything with the two of these? These both, like, I'll never see you guys again. So uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy 15 since since Christmas, but I, I maybe play like an hour or two or something a week because, um, you know, ballet practice for the daughter, and then I had to pick up the kid and the other one, and, you know, it's just life is ruining my gaming experience right now. Um, So I I usually hop on Grand Theft Auto real quick and go play some online missions on that or something. And uh, at work, though, uh, even that's terrible to say, uh, I spend most of probably my workday playing Marvel Future Fight on my phone. Um, It's like the entire Marvel Universe is trying to fix a, a breach in time. And it's go look up the trailer. I won't bore you guys with it, but uh, RPG and it's crazy how much time I've sunk into that game. And I mean, for good reason too. between building a party on there and then building a party on Final Fantasy, which you really already are kind of given one to begin with. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Uh, jump jumping in and out of Grand Theft Auto and trying to actually complete the storyline without somebody asking me to do something on Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> right, that's the that's the problem I have on a, on Mass Effect. Actually, it's like so many different side quests. Like you'll walk past and then like an icon will pop up. Uh, hey, mm-hmm. help me, help me out. I'm like, man, I'm just trying to get to the main story. All right. Yeah. I, all I want to do is hear what happens, and you're like, oh wait a minute, let me go help this guy jump his car. Or oh, someone. <laughs> well, you have a delivery of fish that never came. Yeah, I can. The prince should be handling that right now. Right, right. All right. So uh, I think herb, or herb rather. Yeah, man. Um, let's see. I've been um, I've been torn between you know, Star Citizen and 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 really playing some of the some of the Space Marine modules that that have been just recently released. Uh, if anybody's not familiar with Star Star Citizen, it's a PC game and it's a, it's one of the most ambitious um, open world. You know space simulators that has you know really 
that anybody's ever really tried. I mean, it's it's so huge that it's, you know, they're really producing the game in modules. So the module that I have is the, you know, module, the couple of modules that I have are the, are the Squadron 42 fighting module, which is essentially, you know, space combat simulator. And um, the recent module that they just released was is the uh, Royal Space Marines module, which is the first person shooter, first person shooter module. And uh, it's, um, if anybody, it's hard to describe, but if you do research on Star Citizen, um, it's one of a, you know, kind of a, it's kind of a family of games. Well, not a family of games, but it's a style of gameplay that uh, if you're familiar with PC gaming, like like Elite Dangerous or or uh, the console, probably the console um, equivalent would have been would have been No Man's Sky, but um, you know PlayStation kind of screwed that up. But you know that goes without saying. Um, anyway, it's really you know it's um, for a game that's just been really being developed along those lines. It's an incredible play. Um, as far as console gaming goes, um, um, I've been kind of getting my little nostalgia on, and I've been back on my PS3, you know, reliving my glory days in college basketball 2K. Oh, really? <laughs> have you played the, some of the? Have you played the recent ones on uh, on the on the 2K or 2016 or 17? I think. I don't know. Well, the most recent 2K. Uh, that was released, or at least that was released under licensing, uh, was, I think that was 2K, that was a while back. That was like, like 2K, 2K9, 2K10. So, um, that was before, that was the last, I know that was the last year that both EA and, um, and the folks that do the 2K series were actually able to release, um, college basketball games. And, um. You know, I've been really, I've been digging through the crate, so to speak, playing those games. Um, also, you know, for my fellow FIFA, FIFA head out there, I've been, you know, I've been on PlayStation 3 and 4 playing FIFA 17 and getting waxed online, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've also um, gotten back into fighting games. Um, there's a fighting game that I normally play on Steam that's called Skullgirls. It's a 2D fighting game along the lines of Street Fighter and Street Fighter Alpha, which is really, really cool. And um, Killer Instinct. Uh, you know, I've been between Xbox and the PC. Uh, that's all I, that's, that's the biggest fighting game that I've been playing uh, to date. Uh, I used to be a Tekken guy, and... I've gotten out of playing Tekken for so long that I'm afraid to go back to playing it because otherwise I'm gonna get crushed again. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. All right. Well, uh, I, I don't know if you heard of that uh, that Pokemon Tekken crossover thingy. Uh, I think it's called Pokemon Tournament or something like that. It's weird, but it seems like it works pr pretty well. <laughs> but uh, so. So I'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll go. We'll, we'll go to each platform, and then we'll kind of talk about the the news or the games that are that are in that platform. So we'll start off with uh, the PS4. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about Horizon Zero Dawn because that's one of the the newer uh, exclusives that's come out recently, and I've been playing it obviously uh, for a while. So I think. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I don't want to say this is game of the year or anything like that but i will say this is probably one of the best p4 
PS4 exclusives uh, to date so far. I mean, uh, I mean, I granted, you know, the the Last of Us remastered came out, but I count that as a PS3 exclusive because it came out originally on PS3. So, but as far as PS4 exclusive, this game is is, is pretty good. I mean, you have uh, a female protagonist. I mean, you don't, you still don't usually see that, but it's good to see that they're, you know, that game developers are game developers are kind of expanding past their, you know, past their reach and kind of uh, putting more female protagonists in there outside of Lara Croft. <laughs> uh, but I mean, she's a pretty like. You said, say it again. It's crazy. It's crazy that we're even. It's 2017. We're even having that discussion. Like, wow, there's a female protagonist. That's not Lara Croft. Right. I mean, you know, like that's it's weird. It's just as weird to me as I'm sure as, you know, the um, extraordinary black nerd group always talks about like there not being any like black protagonists in games um, until you have something like uh, uh, where like Mafia Three comes in with that and everybody's like, why? What's what's the reason? Why is he black? There needs to be a story behind why he's black. Just like with this, there's a story behind why she's a woman. Just like Heavenly Sword, there was a story why Naruko was a woman. You know, every time there's a somebody that's not a white male, there's like a, you know, there needs to be a backstory to why it's not. You know what I mean? It's like a the the person and the protagonist, their I guess race or gender or whatever becomes a story element instead of just it, like well it's it's a girl, so this is this is what you're doing. Right. Get over right. it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it is like you said. It is sad that that's a that's a conversation that we're having, uh, and it's not just video games. It's like, I mean, I know we're only talking about gaming today, but like movies and media and other than like like anything. It's kind of but like in comic books, the couple of black dudes that I could think about that are getting movies, like, you know, Black Panther's getting a movie. And then you had your boy Anthony Mackie, who was Black Falcon. But why is black in both of their names? You know what I'm saying? Like, why why can't it just be the Falcon? And why can't, you know, I get Black Panther is actually an animal called the Black Panther. I it. <laughs> but like, it, it's kind of like when these names were coming about and when this kind of stuff was cool, it was back when black exploitation was a thing. And you just would think that in 2017, it would just be more, I don't know, common or less risky. Like when they were talking about Donald Glover playing Spider-Man, it was like the internet was going nuts. Cause it's like, how can a white dude play this? I mean, how can a black dude play this fictional character? It's pretty sad, man. It really is. And I, I, yeah. I hope one day we get to a point where uh, these aren't conversations that we have to have. Yeah, I think that I think that as as time moves on and people see uh more original, you know, minority and female characters, I think it'll be a lot more acceptable, I guess, and you won't have to do that explaining like like Roberto said where, you know, you don't have to explain, okay, why is it a why is it a woman or why is it a a, a black person, you know, as the main protagonist? They they're just a person and they just happen to be the protagonist. So, yeah. I think and that's that, kind of the thing with uh, like Riri Williams, who's like the new Iron, Iron Man, Man or Ironheart, excuse me. And then Miles Morales, they're like, okay, well, it's Queens. They're bound to be a black Latino kid. I mean, I'm a black Latino kid from Queens. So, you know, I completely identify with that. Um, so I, I just, I'm with you on that, though. Um, I guess as time goes along and as it becomes more frequent, it'll stop being a like, Oh, okay, well, deep in the heart of Africa, he got his power from. You're like, what? Why can't he just be a guy who got bit by a spider? 
Right, <laughs> right. It would have had to been a ghetto spider. Yeah, exactly. It's like he got bit by a radioactive rat in the projects. <laughs> like, no, I bet. Wait, that would be that. I, I would watch that, right? If someone gets bit by a radioactive rat in the projects. I would watch that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but so many like questions. That sounds like a funny movie, but like if you were gonna try to put that off as the same with the same like production quality as Spider Man and stuff like that, like that's the kind of stuff they give us. We Rat Man and we, you know, uh, we're we're uh, we we, we like even when you look at Luke Cage, Luke Cage, Luke Cage was a great series, mm-hmm. but my man's never left the hood the whole time. He never left the hood, and I, you know, I can't be mad at it because I enjoyed it, but. At the same time, you look at uh, all of the other different heroes, they're always heroes of the whole New York or the heroes of the whole Chicago. Luke Cage just the hero of the hood. To be to be fair, like uh at least at least as far as the Netflix series, uh Daredevil is like he they kinda keep him like, you know, to Hell's Kitchen and then Jessica Jones, I think they keep her to like actually I don't know where they keep her, but <laughs> I think the Hell's Kitchen's too. I, oh yeah, side. that's right. That's right. Yeah, she's in Hell's Kitchen too. So I mean, I think they're trying not to do like all of New York, at least for the Netflix series. But but I understand where I understand where you're coming from, though. Where you know, you know, of course the black guy is the hero of the, of the projects. He's a black guy, and and you know, it's like just because he's black doesn't mean he has to be from the hood, or just that's not the only place where he has to be protecting. But yeah. But uh, well, I think that, it kind of becomes a thing where if he wasn't, then there probably would still be an outcry like, oh, man, why Luke? I mean, he's a bulletproof dude. Why he out there in, you know, Kansas trying to rescue people from tornadoes? Why he's in why is he back there trying to clean up police corruption? You know, yeah. you can't really win. You, I mean, we, we could we could have a, a whole segment on just this, a whole episode on just this, basically, where even That's the true. movie Get Out, they were criticized because they use a British black guy instead of an American black guy. Well, well, honestly, I think there's a, I think there's a big, really big correlation where it comes to, you know, specific roles and stereotypes, you know, from video games and media that, you know, be quite honest with you that, you know, I mean, just speaking for the gaming community, I don't think, I mean, I think there's a, a really big demographic of the gaming community that still hasn't really wrapped their minds around, you know, certain stereotypes not being a specific way. And I mean, you see that in terms of, you know, in terms of how people react to specific types of characters and games and, and, you know, it's, it's really, um, in a sense, it's really, it's really kind of disturbing because it's like, okay, well, I mean, you could go online and play a specific game or, you know, Hey, even in terms of the, in terms of female gamers, uh, you can go online and you can have one guy that's like, okay, well, yeah, she's a gamer. She's just a gamer. Okay. And then on top of that, you know, on the, on the other hand, you might have, you know, you might get on a, a Call of Duty session, you know, multiplayer, and then you might run into, you know, some white Aryan dude that, you know, can't fathom that he's playing a black dude in a game. You know what I'm saying? So it's, I mean, there's a there's a really... You know, there's a really, really visceral type of connection to that. And I think sometimes, you know, as gamers, we think about we think about that in our own circles. and We kind of take it for granted, you know, so. But me and my boys ain't talk, ain't been in a community chat room, like without being in a party in years. 
I can't tell you what the what the uh, community's talking about because I don't. I cut my mic off if it's not my boys in the room with me because these kids out here, it's really hard being called uh, uh, racial slurs by twelve year old white children. It is. It's hard. It's, it's hard to deal with. Oh yeah, and I think again that I think that's something that um. I think that's something that, you know, for some folks, it's a, you know, it can be a little bit, you know, it can be a point of contention. I know there's a YouTube, there's a little YouTube series that's going on right now about uh, the African drug dealer, uh, African gun runner, um, YouTube player that all he does is troll, you know, you know, racist folks playing Call of Duty. That's all he does. And essentially, you know, he'll get on, he'll hack into a game and get on a game and, you know, he'll listen to these folks. And they'll, you know, go through their racial spiel, and then he'll start running down their IP addresses and 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 addresses, and everybody starts to freak out. So <laughs> just doxing people. Yeah, exactly. And it's um, it, it, I mean, it, in a sense, it's you know, it's the sign of the times, unfortunately, because I think, you know, that's one medium and one environment where mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the restraint that people would ordinarily feel you know, and certain other aspects of society just ain't there, you know, especially for kids, you know, that same 12 year old that is in the chat room or in a, in a multiplayer gaming room, you know, you know, running that, you know, running that stuff off, isn't going to pop that mess, you know, in a classroom to somebody's face most times, you know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, that's kind of, you know, unfortunately that's kind of the climate that it's reflective of the climate that we have right now in some in some ways and you know it's you know it's a pretty disturbing thing sometimes but but you know to you know to my man's uh you know point you know if i'm not you know we're in multiplayer yeah i'm mostly with my crew (laughs) right right yeah and i'm i'm mostly if we ain't playing team deathmatch or something especially we playing you know call of duty or something like that you know we in team deathmatch and you know somebody play you know somebody's talking a whole bunch of mess we just turn the mics off and we just start plugging people. That's about it, you know. Basically, yeah, you just go away mad, you know. So it's um, you know, again, it's something, you know. That's one of the things that, you know, when we talk about that aspect of gaming, that social connectivity, uh, that you know, gaming has brought us. That's one of the big. That's one. That's one of the drawbacks, is that, you know, it. You know, it's it's brought that ugliness to that to that medium as well. Right, right. So let me ask you all, just to kind of so, I'm, see, see, we, we could do a whole chop it up section just on this. Man, you all got you, that that that's an idea for the next podcast, actually. But uh, so just to kind of get it back towards gaming a little bit, have you all have you all have you all actually Played uh, well, at least the PS4 owners. Have you uh, played Horizon Zero Dawn? Or, or am I the only one? I played some of it. My friend shared it to me, but like I said, you know, backlog. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. So that, that and, uh, Adromeda was on my list of, of things to get for March, and uh, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I played bits and pieces of 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 the game, and from what I played, it looks and plays great. But I, you know, I think I'm a, the jury's still out going to be out for me until I can actually sit down with my own and just go from, you know, go from top to bottom, 
you know, go through the story mode of the game and just make an assessment that way. You know, but um yeah, I'm I'm yeah, like I said, I'm kind of torn with Andromeda. You know, cuz I'm a you know, I'm a Mass Effect guy. You know, I was a massive I was a big Mass Effect guy when it was on PC. And you know, from what I've seen of it and played of it of the new, you know, the new edition of of, of Mass Effect Andromeda, I'm um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a believer. So, all right, well, <laughs> you know, so. well, well, we'll come, well, uh, <laughs> man, I'm not the only one I last Mass Effect. All right, so we'll, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back to that. So let me, uh, let's see the last little bit of, of PS4 news. Um, Sony is adding PS4 games to the PlayStation Now game streaming service that they have, where you can, you know, stream PS3 games. Uh, to your Windows PC or to your PlayStation 4. And also, it used to be, you used to be able to stream it to like Sony Bravia TVs and the uh, PlayStation TV thing and the Vita, I think. But they're actually cutting support <laughs> for some of the TVs and for the PlayStation TV. So now I think you'll just be limited to PC and uh, PlayStation 4, I think. But, uh, but so, so they're adding PS4 games to PlayStation now. I mean, how do you all feel on, on on game streaming in general? Now, now we're going to get into this in the chop it up section. So, you know, you don't have to say your entire spiel yet, but just briefly, like, do you? I mean, do you think this is a good thing? Like, is it is it going to be worth putting PS4 games on there? Well, um, I think it'll be worth it, but and like I said, this is a big but. It depends on how accessible those game the games that they're putting on there are. And because you got to think with that, with the streaming now service, you know, a lot of those games that folks that utilize that service play are pretty nostalgic games. They're PS2 games, they're PS3 games, and they're games that, okay, if, you know, you know, if you don't have a console, um, you know, or if you have like, you know, if let's say you're streaming the now service through a DVD player, through one of the, the Sony DVD players that they have. Um, or Blu-ray player, rather. Um, you know, you got the specs to play that on a budget, and you have the specs to do it, you know, without really incurring a, a, a really extra amount of cost. Um, the only problem that I see with some of the PS4 games, particularly for those platforms, is that if they're going to do that for those platforms, and I know Dave just mentioned that they're pro- they're, they may be cutting support back um, from the TVs to just PlayStation 4 and PC, then that really kind of goes against the purpose of actually having, you know, that service available on some of those platforms. And I think Sony in some vein may be kind of shooting themselves in the foot. If they put, if they, you know, expand that to PS4 games and then, you know, they, they enact that. So, um, I mean, I, like I said, I think the jury's still out on that for me, because I think it's a, it's something that, you know, it, the the value of having that that streaming platform, you know, is a big. I mean, it's mostly nostalgic, and the PS4 games that are that they're talking about putting on the platform is like, okay, well, uh, I already have a PS4, but uh, why? What's the point of me having this game and I have you know a PS4 to play it on? So, what's the point? Well, I mean, if you have a PC, like, if you're a PC gamer, but you always kind of wanted to play some of the PS4 exclusives, that might be an incentive to uh, to invest in PlayStation. Now, if you're, like, an exclusive P- 
PC gamer. Yeah. Well, and I think um, now that, that's a very good point. I think that's that could potentially be an audience, but you know, most of the folks that are PC gamers, um, they hear anything even related to console. At least the folks that I cat, the cats that I know, they're like, man, okay, uh, whatever, dude. <laughs> now, some of those, like I tell you, as a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a PlayStation hater, uh, <laughs> but there were some experiences. Like I tell you, I played. I didn't finish Last of Us because I don't own a PlayStation. But I had a friend who needed me to watch it for a little bit, so I bought Last of Us. Just still was, and in the first like ten minutes of it, it had me tearing up. And there's very few games that have that kind of emotional impact, uh, especially so quickly. And so there are some experiences on the PlayStation that I would like to have. And if you're telling me I can have that without having to own a PlayStation, uh, I would do it uh, as long as it's a reliable and you know like accessible and I, you know, I don't want to have to deal with any like lag. Like PlayStation, the PlayStation uh, user interface is just really like less than to me and so I can only imagine how bad the PlayStation Now user ex- interface will be but if it's good I would definitely be one of the members that would support it because I don't want a PlayStation but I do want to play Heavy Rain and God of War 1, 2, 3, 4 and all the Drake's Uncharted and all, you know the that, that one game that was basically a Smash Brothers ripoff I want oh dang! Too. I forgot about that. So that was garbage. Well, it was like uh, P- PlayStation All Stars or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah PlayStation Stars or PlayStation All Stars. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. well, all right, all right. Since you're the uh, the the P- <laughs> PlayStation hater, we're gonna move on to the Xbox news. So, uh, <laughs> so so the major Xbox news that came out uh, was the Xbox Game Pass. You know, since we're talking about streaming and all that kind of stuff. So so actually, this isn't this isn't streaming. This is actually downloading. So, according according to Xbox, they're going to uh, have like a subscription service where you can like for like ten dollars a month, you can download over a hundred games uh xbox one and 360 games like like all you can eat is basically an all you can eat subscription uh for ten dollars a month for the games that are that are on the service so it'll be launching with over 100 xbox one and compatible xbox 360 titles um and presumably they're going to add more you know as it as it goes on but the reason that that this is kind of significant is because with playstation now you have to stream everything but with xbox game pass you can download it and you can play it right there on your system. No, no lagging, no network connection, no drop, you know, n- you know, nothing that, uh, that comes, no problems inherent with streaming over the internet. Right. So I don't know. I think I, I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I don't have an Xbox. I used to, but I don't have an Xbox now, but this is, this is pretty compelling. I won't, I won't lie. You know, so, uh, is, is it, is it, is it a yay or a nay? I think that's pretty dope. Well, honestly, you know, it's dope. the The thing is, I know Microsoft, and I know they're not gonna put anything that I really want to play on that thing. I think this would have been so dope if I was a kid. Like when you're an adult, you just buy the game you want to play, right? But when you're a kid, you gotta beg your mom for fifty bucks. Like moms, I don't know how y'all parents were. Moms ain't giving me no fifty dollars for no game. Not very often, you know. Maybe right at your report card time, if you got some impressive grades, you can talk her into one game but you know games come out and so you want to you want to get a new one well no you can't but if you got ten dollars a month which you can scrape ten dollars a month off a couch cushion change 
and you can, you know, make that happen and you just be playing dick games. Because I played a lot of bad games when I was a kid just because it was something new. And so I think this would be, I think there's a market for this for sure. It's just not me. Right, right. So I hate to uh, I hate to call people out, but uh, Marcus and the, the other Marcus, uh, <laughs> you all still there, right? Yeah, we're still here. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. You all, you all got any uh, got any opinions on this? I think it'll work out. Um, I kind of agree with Dominique. I mean, they'll probably just put some secondhand games on there. I don't see them putting their major IPs on a service like that unless they do it, unless they can do it well, you know, and, and they actually see decent results. I just kind of see it as a, a secondary thing, though. I don't see them. I don't see a lot of people doing it unless that's your only option. To play Xbox games, yeah. Well, I think um, I, yeah, I, I tend to agree with everybody. I mean, I mean, Microsoft isn't going to put no high end, you know, flagship titles on on a ten dollar monthly services. It, Halo Five, Halo, Halo Five is on it. Yeah, Halo Five been out seven years. Well, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so you get you get yeah, Halo yeah. Five, you get Halo Five for seven dollars on offer up. Yeah, hey, like, I'm just trying it's to. Kinda... I'm just trying to offer a little uh, devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, but I think where the potential success for that type of a service could come um, is retro, and I, I don't necessarily say retro in terms of okay, you know, what old, you know, Xbox 360 titles that you used to play, but. I'm talking. I don't think Microsoft has. Not, I'm sorry to cut you off. My bad. Uh, I don't think Microsoft has a retro gaming base. Mm. I mean, outside not. The, I mean, uh, I, yeah, outside of the original Xbox. I mean, but before that. <laughs> well, I think that's. Uh, I think that's true. But at the same time, I think we're talking about potential for a service, and. It, now that's that's now of course that's contingent upon Microsoft actually thinking outside of the box, and you know actually taking a look at their library and taking a look at their history and saying okay well maybe we can build something like that, because you still have folks that that own their Xboxes, the original ones who play their games, and you know Microsoft has their hands in a lot of third party stuff that you know that could be that were on other platforms. You know, so it's something that could be considered. And you know, like I said, it's a very good point because they currently don't really have a retro model to speak of in terms of in terms of audience. But of that that type of service being there, you know, it would be I mean, I think it would be great if they actually thought outside the box. And that's a big if. Right, right. Well, I, I mean, my personal opinion, like even if I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't presume to know all of the angles they could take on it. But I, like, if I, when I think of the other two major gaming consoles, they have a rich history. Like, I think of, uh, you know, Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation, uh, you know, one and two, uh, Final Fantasy VII and Crash Bandicoot and uh, Spyro and all those games that were just like you know let ratchet and clank all those original like those kind of games exist for every for the other kind you know all of the first part like i would i would literally if the switch had earthbound and and um and like you know the super nintendo like star fox and uh rogue 
the 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 X X Wing, you know the the one where you fly on the um, Nintendo sixty four and the Star, uh, Star Wars. Uh, uh, Rose, Rose, Rose Squadron. Squadron. Yeah, those kind of games. Yeah. Like those games would get burned, but I can't think of anything. And I'm an Xbox sense. I can't think of anything that I would play from old Microsoft games. Right. I mean, I think I think Sony kind of kind of cornered the market on those exclusive when the PS One came out. And so now you have the, they have this whole library of uh, quote unquote retro retro games for the PS One, even PS Two games. I mean, they have all of those games they can pull from. So, you know, when you talk about you know retro gaming outside of Nintendo, at least, I mean, you know, Xbox doesn't necessarily have that <laughs> those retro credentials, even though they do. Well, but... they're they're the latest to the party too, you know, in in their defense. They're the latest to the party. They haven't been around as long as PlayStation and Nintendo, not even close. So, well, I mean, the original Xbox came out around the time the original PlayStation One came out. No, <laughs> not the PlayStation One. PlayStation Two, I think. Right? Was it PlayStation One? Was the <laughs> original Xbox competing? With oh PlayStation wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yes, two. <laughs> My bad. I think. Well, I mean, the thing is, PlayStation One like, can have many with. Uh, with the uh, Nintendo 64. Right, that's right, that's right. Well, I think um, also, I think one thing that may need to be considered is, you know, for at least for Xbox One users, is, uh, you know, is the interplayability between, you know, PC and Xbox now. I mean, that honestly, if they, if Microsoft was really actually thinking about it, they could leverage, to really leverage that relationship in terms of in terms of retro gaming, because if you're a PC owner like myself, um, I play I play a lot of those titles already, you know, for free <laughs> on a PC <laughs> on emulator. So, I mean, I I mean I've I mean I just you know this weekend I was you know sitting with my sitting with my with my boys and my and my little cousins and then you know they were like, oh, you know, Herb, you know, do you have you know you have the Tekken series, or you got Killer Instinct one, two, and three. Yep. Power up the power up the PC, put up up on the big screen, and you know I'm you know performing combo breakers and 80, 80 hit ultras, you know for <laughs> for you know King of Killer Instinct. So it's I mean that Microsoft is definitely late to the game, you know particularly when you have you know demographics that can you know people that can access those games. You know, on a PC for, you know, next to nothing. You know, all you have to do is have a little bit of know-how and a and a you know and an emulator, essentially, because the mamies and the the actual ROMs and stuff out there are, you know, are pennies, in comparison. Um, PlayStation has always had a robust, you know, structure for those games, and they've understood that, you know, those games are in itself are you know, are valuable in terms of separate transactions from their main platform. So, you know, I think even though there's a potential for that $10 service, you know, it's a contingent upon Microsoft to start actually thinking along those lines. And I don't think they're ready to do that yet. Yeah, I think I think you're I think you had a point with the uh, with the Xbox Play Anywhere system. And that that's actually one of the reasons one of the big reasons, actually, why I got more into PC gaming so, so uh, a bit of history about me. So I was originally, so I, <laughs> I've owned basically every console that's ever been out. Uh, but I, I actually bought an Xbox One uh, two years ago. 
and then I switched over to PS4 last year. And so one of the reasons I actually got a gaming PC is because when, 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 when Microsoft announced the Play Anywhere thing, I was like, well, hey, I can play all of the Xbox exclusives on my PC now. I can play uh, Quantum Break. I can play Gears of War 4. And I'm hoping the next Halo comes out on PC also. But because they're doing that, I'm, I, I'm thinking, Herb, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that they're trying to somehow leverage Windows 10. And they, the fact that most PC gamers are, are running Windows 10, so they're trying to leverage that whole Windows Xbox relationship and release all of their exclusives on Xbox and PC. So I, I'm 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 hoping that they're smart <laughs> and, and you know and uh, continuing that trend of releasing Xbox games on the PC for you know for us PC gamers. But you know, always I I, I still have my PS4 <laughs> just so I can play games like Horizon. <laughs> but but still, I think. Uh, I don't know. I I think as far as the Game Pass, I think I think this is a better. I think compared to PlayStation Now, I think that the Game Pass is a better. It might be a better value simply because you don't have to worry about running up your data cap <laughs> uh, potentially. Uh, but yeah. the fact that you don't have to deal with all the problems inherent to streaming games over the internet, like lag and all that kind of stuff. Especially if you're playing, like, you know, fighting games, first-person shooter, you know, that one millisecond really is literally, you know, the difference between life and death, so. Yeah, Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I mean, being a, you know, being a, being a fighting game fan and somebody that's grown up on two and 3D fighting games, you know, that's, playing on, playing fighting games online is like the most frustrating thing ever. No matter what fighting game you're playing, if you're playing Tekken, you know, if you're playing the new Killer Instinct, the new Killer Instinct is okay in terms of that, in terms of, you know, that seamless transition, you know, from seamless connectivity. But, you know, if you're playing somebody that has an absolutely crappy connection, you know, then it, it's moot. You know I mean? And, and that that's, you know, that's with any, any you know, game that could be cross-platform. You know, I'm a FIFA, I'm a, I'm an avid FIFA player. And I absolutely hate, I hate it playing FIFA online, you know, uh, particularly if you, you know, you have a great connection, the guy that you're playing halfway across the globe doesn't, you know, it's a wrap. You know, it's just like, okay, whatever, you know, I, you know, I'm going to make this corner kick and next thing you know, it's going to be in the cold, you know, down the field. And by the time the lag hits and, you know, I, I won't see the goal, but I know it will be scored, that sort of thing. So, I mean, it, that's definitely um that's definitely a very valid concern, but I think also the nature of internet technology is starting to kind of close that gap a little bit too. If, so, you, if you're in America, you know, especially if, if you're the, in the you know, West, <laughs> if you're in the West, if you're someplace else, yeah, that yeah, that could pose a problem. But, well, <laughs> there's a like I don't I, I told you guys I play League of Legends. There's a new. Um, they're working on building an, an internet kind of like super highway um, because there are so many players. League, League of Legends has more users per day than any other thing on the planet. Uh, maybe not mobile games. I think uh, Clash of Clans beat it at one point. But as far as like actual full release games, League of Legends is, you know, it's dealing with billions of people. Right. And so they're actually working on changing the way the internet works. Um, but only certain games, there's only like a couple games on the planet that would even need that kind of backbone. But right now they're working on it, like changing the protocols and all that kind of stuff so that 
uh, latency is much less, much, much less. And so, like, they've already moved. They moved their offices from the West Coast to, like, Chicago, or not Chicago, but Illinois somewhere, so that people on the East Coast can get, uh, you know, similar latency uh, as people on the West Coast. And, I mean, it, it helped. Like, I went from, I used to get, like, 76 millisecond ping, and now I'm down to, like, a pretty consistent 35. But, man, Comcast is the truth. So I feel like you give them a couple more years, I ain't plugging them like that because they still have their overpricing uh, and there's no competition, you know, net neutrality and whatnot. But 150 megabytes per second is 150 megabytes per second. I'm pretty sure I could stream any game. I don't think there's anything where I would lag, but everybody got what I got. So Yeah, I mean, although I, 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 I will... It needs to be done before we can just say, you know, emphatically, like, we're ready for, like like that like just get and you know we, you know yeah i think that uh uh ashley said the phrase uh i think you said comcast is the truth i think uh, a few people might fight you on that but <laughs> hey, <laughs> tell them to put their speed test up next to my speed test whoever they with and we'll see uh that that be that's it that'd be an interesting discussion but uh let me uh let me, let me go ahead and move on to uh everyone's favorite favorite company nintendo so uh so basically Ooh. so so <laughs> so i know we talked about the switch you know to death on this podcast so far but uh it just came out that nintendo has basically sold over 1.5 million switches and that's that's basically most of those were were sold like the 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 launch weekend that it came out so uh i mean it seems like there's in, at least initial enthusiasm about it so uh and, but i i think that part of that was probably zelda uh which is actually what i really wanted to talk about was zelda because I'm, i mean i looked at all the i looked on a, what is it called um, um metacritic and so zelda is basically game of the year right now is <laughs> is ranking it's, it in like the top five or top six games ever on Metacritic, on Metacritic or something like that. But uh, have you all now? I haven't played the new Zelda, so I ha, I don't really have anything to go by. I love Zelda; it's one of it's, it's one of my guilty pleasures. But I don't have a Switch or a Wii U, so I can't play it at the moment. But uh, have you all played Zelda, or do you plan on playing Zelda? The uh, Breath of the Wild, that is. I haven't no Switch. Um... I mean, that's really the only reason why I did buy a Switch because I didn't see anything else that was worth putting money towards on it. Um, it's a really fun game. What I do, I like the freedom of it because it's, it's basically, it basically drops you in the middle of a world and it, it'll point you in one direction, but you can do whatever you want to, you know, that's within your bounds when you're a low-level character. Um, I'm, I can't say it's game of the year yet, but I also haven't beat it yet, so... Uh, I might be missing out on some stuff as far as that part goes, but it is a really good game. I will give it that. That's off of Nintendo. I've heard of some people putting in like like eighty hours, and they haven't even gotten to halfway through the game. <laughs> it's like apparently there's so much to do on the side that you can just yeah. spend a hundred hours just goofing off and doing whatever without even touching the main quest. And then on the other side, I've heard uh, speedrunners beating it in like within an hour because I know I know that you can technically go to Ganon, the final boss, like within the first. You can like go right to him, <laughs> but obviously you're not. Most people aren't going to be 
prepared to fight the final boss of the game, but some people have, have beat it within an hour. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at uh, all open world games like Skyrim, like I, I never beat Skyrim. To this day, I ain't never beat Skyrim, but I'm sure I'm over 300 hours. You know, like open world game Fallout 4. I haven't beat Fallout 4, but I'm over 150 hours. Like, you can put a lot of time in on them games, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. So it's funny. I'm not really an open world fan, but I play. But a lot of my favorite games have been open world, like Horizon. <laughs> Horizon is technically an open world ish game. Uh, I played Fallout 3. I haven't played Fallout 4, but I don't know. Like those open world, even like sandbox games, or especially sandbox games like Minecraft and. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't really get into those games. My daughter loves Minecraft. She absolutely loves Roblox and Minecraft. All those games that just put you in the world and you can just do whatever you want. That's not me. I need like I need direction or focus. I need something to do, like a mission, an objective, something to do. <laughs> so like a story. That's what that's what it is. I, I need a storyline, something that that hooks me. But you know that's 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 kind of me but then again they were almost getting away from that man for a little bit uh you know like when titanfall came out and there were a couple games that came out around that time where they were like nah people just want to play multiplayer so we don't have to waste money and resources on a quality single player uh you know experience but luckily i think the industry kind of told them that that wasn't the case like we do want a single player experience because the last titanfall that came out they actually do have a, a single player campaign I heard it was pretty decent too. So Titanfall two, they put in there. Yeah, I heard it was too. I haven't played it, but I heard it was good. Got good reviews. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, uh, I heard it's kind of a sleeper hit in a way because it came out at the same time as uh, Call of Duty: uh, Infinite Warfare and Battlefield One. So some people think that the sales of Titanfall two kind of got swallowed up in those other two ma uh, major games, but then. Titanfall 2 is, I've heard, is probably better than both of those games, especially Call of Duty. Um, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, but I, I'm still thinking about checking it out, though. But uh, I mean, so uh, so let me let me ask you for for those who do have the Switch, do you? <laughs> I know, I know, uh, I, I know. You said that you bought it ma mainly for Zelda, but are there any other games on the Switch that you plan on getting? Eventually, uh, not until Mario Kart Deluxe or Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That's the only other thing I care about right now. Um, there is a game on there, Shovel Knight, that's really fun. I've been playing that, but I also own that on a couple other systems as well. So, yeah, I was gonna say Shovel Knight's DLC on the Xbox One. Yeah, it's a dope game, though. It's a really I mean, a Xbox Arcade game, right? Right, all right. So, uh, our last bit of uh, Nintendo news is. Uh, so, you know, uh, Mario Run is coming to Android on March 23rd. Oh. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, I, so, so I actually, I actually have it. <laughs> I actually have it on, I, so I have an iPhone. I have it on my iPhone. But I just played, like, the first three levels. And so after the first three levels, you have to pay $10 to actually open up the rest of the game. And I haven't paid that $10 yet. So... But uh, uh it's micro micro trans man microtransactions man. Yeesh. Yeah, that nah, is. No, it's uh, not really microtransactions on this one. It's really just like a ten. It's like they like give you a little taste. It's a demo, yeah. And then, 
yeah, if you if you like the game, pay the ten dollars. You don't have to pay nothing else after that. Everything else, uh, you know, is kind of just there is no. I don't I don't think now that I think I don't think there's anything. It's just it's a fun game. It really is fun. It was well made. It is well. I mean, uh, I will give it to Nintendo. They know how to. They know how to make games. But here's the. But here's the thing. It it wasn't the problem that it was ten dollars. Or not the problem that that you had to pay for the rest of the game. I kind of expected that. But is it is it worth ten ten dollars though? Like ten. I I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but for a mobile game, it's ten dollars worth it. For a Nintendo game, I would say yeah. I can't say I played ten dollars. They got quality product. I haven't even beat it. Uh, go ahead, uh, Dominique. I said I was saying I I haven't played ten dollars worth of Mario Run yet. I haven't beat it, but the first um, four levels were so fun. Like just out of respect, you know what I mean. Like you just like if I like a game, if a game makes me happy, I support it. So Clash Royale, uh, like Clash of Clans, I probably I probably spent. And I don't, I ain't played it in a year and a half, but I probably spent three four hundred dollars on Clash Clash uh, Clash of Clans. Uh, if a game makes you happy or if it's good enough that it eats your time away even if you find yourself playing a mobile game at home in front of your console like support it you know what i mean like so mario run was fun enough that i played it at home with my xbox controller right next to me yeah i mean it i was i mean it it is a fun game so i'm not gonna I, i'm not really gonna knock the people who who actually buy it i still might buy it it's still on my phone so <laughs> clearly i like something about it but um but we're uh we're gonna take a quick break but when we return we're going to chop it up and we we kind of talked about it earlier but we're going to talk about uh the future of console gaming is it is streaming the future is mobile the future so when we come back we're going to talk about that, so keep it locked right here on the Black Techies Podcast. Paint by Sean Denise is chic fashion for the woman with curves sizes 6 through 28. Paint by Sean Denise helps paint your curves to perfection with exquisite colors and pieces for color blocking effects. Don't miss the release of the 2017 Spring Collections both Ready to Wear and the brand new collection entitled Trollanta. Both collections release in person on April 15th at Colossal Dreams in Atlanta and then online on April 16th at midnight. For more information, follow her brand under Sean. That's S-H-A-W-N Denise Designs at Paint by Sean Denise via Instagram and Facebook. Are you ready to be painted? You are listening to the Black Techies Podcast. All right, hello and welcome back to the Black to the Black Techies Podcast. Excuse me. Uh, right now we're going to chop it up, and right now we're talking the future of consoles and whether or not are are we going are we in a in the last generation of consoles do you think a ps5 or an xbox 2 <laughs> will come out or you know did the did nintendo kind of set the stage for the future as far as the switch and is everything going to be mobile so i kind of want to get you guys opinion on that i mean uh i think right now there's a lot of 
a lot of uh, excitement over what the Switch can do potentially as far as, you know, that that uh, that transition between console and mobile and just the very fact that you can take Zelda on the train with you is kind of, I don't know, that's, that's kind of the dream right there, right? Imagine if you can take Halo or imagine if you can take Madden, you know, on the road with you and still, or, you know, just any, your favorite game, taking your favorite game with you on the road. But then you got these streaming services like PlayStation Now, and then you got Xbox Game Pass. So, you know, what do you all think the future of, like, console gaming is? I say console because PC gaming, I think PC gaming is always going to be here. Uh, but consoles are a little bit different because they kind of fulfill a separate niche in a way. But I'd be, I'd be glad to get you all's opinion on that. Well, uh, I personally think that there will always be a console uh, there will always be console gaming in some way, shape, or form. Now, it has to evolve, right? So, like, the Switch uh, gave you an idea of what it could possibly evolve into. I don't think that... I don't think the world... I don't think battery technology is where it needs to be, uh, nor do I think the world is really ready for uh, that kind of gaming uh, where, like, you're having intense heart. Most people that are, like, hardcore console gamers uh, don't get up and go nowhere, and so they don't need a system that can but you know, as the world is getting more, the world is getting more mobile. It wouldn't be bad to have those kind of things. But the, the kind of computing power that you need to run a game like uh, Call of Duty: Infinite Warfare or Mass Effect: Andromeda, just the sheer scope of a game like No Man's Sky or Star Citizen, uh, you can't put that kind of stuff on something that can be picked up and taken away and have it have a battery that lasts, you know, long enough for it to actually be worth you doing it. So I, I kind of think consoles are still king. Uh, they're still generating billions of dollars in revenue every year, so it's not going anywhere. Um, I, I do think Microsoft's kind of got a good a good handle on it with them just updating the Xbox One. You know, uh, they're putting out modified versions of the same system. So, And they're saying that everything from here on is going to be backwards compatible and the Play Anywhere platform allowing you to, you know, bounce between computer and, and Xbox. I think that's a good start so that it makes me know that I'm good with my Xbox One. I can upgrade it if I need to, but I'm good. And so that gives me more confidence going forward. Now, I can buy a game on this generation even if there's a new one coming out because I know that my game will still work on the new system. So... I think that they're doing, I think everybody's handling it pretty well right now. Um, I have to say, I, I think that the, especially what we talked about before, maybe, I don't know if it's the last generation of the game or, or consoles is what I meant to say. Last generation of consoles. I don't know if all the companies that are currently making consoles now will continue to make them. I will say that I don't think Nintendo will ever stop making hardware um even though you know i hear opinions sometimes that people want to just sell their ips to other companies but i just don't think nintendo would ever do that outside of uh, mario run like we just talked about but um i think console gaming is something that will be around for a while not really sure how long and um the way technology is, you know, everything's always getting smaller, getting faster. I do always see the handheld market being there. And I I personally think the handheld market will be around longer than the console market. I wonder if that's what Nintendo's kind of betting on with the Switch. Because, like, they know that they kind of own the, the mobile market right now with the 3DS. I mean, not, not even you know, even the Vita, 
you know, not, nothing is touching the 2DS right now as far as mobile. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, mobile games on, you know, on iOS and Android, you know, they're fine, but they're still not Nintendo quality. They're, they're not 3DS quality. So mm-hmm. I wonder if that's why, is that, I wonder if that's one of the reasons why Nintendo made the Switch is because they, maybe they foresee a future where console gaming isn't just sitting down on a on a on a widescreen TV playing Zelda, maybe you know, maybe console gaming is taking it with you in your bedroom. Maybe console gaming is taking it with you on the train or on the bus to work. Maybe maybe console gaming is taking it taking it with you to work to play while you're on your on your break. So you know, I think that I think maybe Nintendo, maybe Nintendo thinks that that's the future. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it seems like uh, not Nintendo. It seems like Sony and Microsoft, uh, their recent their recent moves have been more of, of iteration. So you know, you have the, the PS4 Pro, which is you know a little bit more powerful than the than the base PS4. And then you know, Microsoft is coming out with Project Scorpio this year, which is supposed to be way you know way more powerful than both the PS4 Pro and the original Xbox One. So. I don't know. They, it, it's almost as if Sony and, and Microsoft are going more so the PC route, while Nintendo is trying to go the mobile route. And so I don't, I, I, I have no idea, you know, what's going to win out in the end, or is it just going to stay how it is now, where the people who want a traditional console experience they'll just buy an Xbox or a PS4, but people who want, you know, want a game on the go, they'll get a Switch or something. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess. If you look at trends, it's it's really hard to get a, a really accurate prediction. But uh I, I think that the just the money generated from Microsoft and, and Sony, uh it lets you know that consumers aren't done with games as they are and the but the, the excitement that the Switch garnered, which of course, you know, Nintendo just has such adorable IP that we're going to buy their stuff. And they know that, which is why they never really have focused too much on third-party support. But, you know, if the the Wii U didn't work and the Wii U didn't, never sold like the Switch did, but the Wii U didn't have the marketing push that the, that the Switch did, and the Wii U didn't have that Zelda game. Uh, you know, games sell consoles. Halo sold Xbox. Without Halo, you know, Microsoft probably would have pulled out of the console game already. Um, and I just don't know... You know what what Microsoft has, you know, as far as it's in the way of exclusives, to continue putting out, um, you know, you know, to keep putting out a con. You can't put Project Scorpio out and not put a game out that that uses that extra power because if everything's working just fine on my Xbox One, like I need a reason to drop four hundred bucks, on, on you know this this Christmas, uh, you know, season to make sure because I already got an Xbox One. So like, why? Why would I? You know what I mean? But well, I guess. We'll see. I think that. Well, I mean, do you think so? With the rise of you know 4K gaming and stuff, I mean, do you think that uh, being able to game in 4K, maybe even at 60 frames, do you think that'll uh, be a, more of a a reason to upgrade? Well, yeah, if you got a 4K TV, but again, like if you just bought, like myself, I just bought a uh, 60-inch that wasn't 4K, not just, like a year and so year or so ago before 4K, before 4K was as affordable as it is now. But the 4K adoption rate isn't high enough for me to believe that um, that that's a selling point. You know what I mean? 4K now is kind of like 120 hertz. 
you know, five years ago. It's like, yeah, it's the new selling feature, but nobody has it or is really using it to its potential for it to even be because there's no there's no there's no broadcast. There's nothing that's being broadcast in 4K. If you're not watching a Blu-ray, you ain't seeing it in 4K anyway. So, well, that's not true. Netflix has 4K, a couple of 4K things, but very few things are actually being broadcast in 4K. So, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to reconcile that with a limited budget. You know, you reckon like how how do I reconcile getting rid of a great television? To get a one that does some better stuff, but just that, that you know, you it so you know, how do you how do you do that? And bills. <laughs> well, that too. I well, think another aspect of it is, um, like you know, when we grew up with gaming, with console games, it was always about who had the best graphics. Um. I mean, it was always like, you know, it was like this, the gaming space race or whatever. It was like, ooh, 8-bit, 16-bit, 32-bit, 64-bit. It was always who had the best, the biggest number and, and, and all that. But these days, it's, it's nowhere near as important to have the prettiest game. It's more important to have the best gameplay and the best overall experience. experience. Exactly. So um, I see, you know, with the focus... I'm not gonna say the focus is has already changed, but you can tell they're focusing more on the game experience more so than just how much can we put into making this game look like something. And with that, I think you can you cannot have to worry about you know, as far as the power aspect. You don't have to worry about that part as much um, in the console market. Yeah. So. Well, all right. To that point, actually, to to both of y'all's point, do you think do you foresee a future where there are no, you know, there are no proper like you don't download games anymore. You don't go to the store, go to GameStop or Best Buy or whatever, and buy a physical copy. Everything is just streamed over the internet. I mean, do you do you think that the future of gaming could be we're all just streaming over the internet, or maybe we'll eventually all get internet speeds that are fast enough? Or maybe, you know, internet protocols or network protocols that are efficient enough to stream games where there basically is no lag and, you know, there's no point in going to the store and buying the game when you can just go and stream it. You know, is there going to be like would Xbox Game Pass and PS Now, you know, could those evolve into just full fledged, you know, that's where Sony and Microsoft are going to deliver their game. The next Halo or the next Uncharted that comes out is going to be streamed over the internet instead of bought bought on the store. Yeah, but that seems like a that seems like a loss in revenue, man. Like if you if I'm already paying thirty bucks a month, you know, I assume that that's what they would charge if they're going to be releasing blockbuster, uh, you know, releases. But if I'm already paying that thirty bucks a month every month and I'm already used to it, then they've dropped the ball if they let if they start putting out brand new games on that same thing you know what i mean because that's 60 but you know there's there's months that i spend two three hundred dollars on, on on xbox games uh those months are fewer and far between now that I, I i don't have as much time to play you know some games come out and even if i want to play them i just know i won't have the, the time to play them so i don't but it, it just doesn't seem to be I mean, and I already don't go to stores to buy video games. Like, I don't go to Best Buy or Walmart, or I, I like having my games digitally. And yeah, the, me too. The, the stores allow you to do that. 
So I use Xbox Store to to play all my games, to download all my games. But I just don't. I think that's a me wrong. I'm not uh, advocating against it, but it just me knowing what I know about capitalism. They're not giving up the ability to make their 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 hundred million dollars on this game. Well, yeah, but I mean, if if you, I mean, all right, let, let let's take Spotify, right? So you know, for like ten dollars a month, you can stream basically any song you want to. And like most albums are like what fifteen dollars, um, fifteen dollars or something like that. I forgot. I haven't actually bought an album in a while. <laughs> but yeah, me neither. But uh, <laughs> that's it. I, I no, I will say I do try to buy albums like from artists that I really like in order to support them, especially like indie indie artists. Uh, I try to I try to actually buy those albums. But I mean, I'm pretty. <laughs> uh, I don't know if. If you didn't have to pay sixty dollars for a brand new game, and all you had to do was pay that thirty dollars per month, and you could play any game that's on the Xbox One or on the on the PlayStation for any game, not not just the 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 hundred so games that they have right now, like any game that's in the library, or in, including any new games that come out. I don't know. I think I think I, I think a lot of people might prefer just spending thirty dollars a month and being able to basically have a buffet of whatever game they want. Oh, for sure. But you, you're saying that from the uh, eyes of a gamer. You're not saying that from the eyes of a uh, of a publisher. If you're a publisher, you need that sixty dollars per unit that you're gonna get for a game. Now, if you if you make a game that only a thousand people are gonna buy, uh, if they have to buy it, then I get why you would want that service because you would get paid per stream, just like on Spotify. But if you're somebody like like if you're the Beyonce of video games, for instance, Beyonce doesn't care what what outlet drops her out. You know, she knows people are gonna buy her music. She's gonna get paid for her music. So if you have a Call of Duty, you're going to get paid for your game. But if you have like a I don't know, like Mafia Three, right? That game could have failed. I think it ended up being profitable, but it wasn't like a block. You know, it wasn't like so put that game out with so much confidence. Like yo, it doesn't matter. You know, Beyonce could come out and say, hey, I'm only going to sing the letter A for my whole concert. It's just going to be A-A-A, A-A-A-A, and then you, and everybody will still pay money to see it. The same thing with Call of Duty, same thing with the iPhone, right? It doesn't matter what it, what they put out, people will consume it. And so, I'm being, I'm, I'm digressing, but I said all that to say that it doesn't help the people who it doesn't help the people at the top, your halos and your your major franchises, to have a, a a system that allows you to get their game for cheaper because they don't make as much money. So that's why I don't think that those particular people would go for. Uh, that they would do that. Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. I don't see Activision buying into that. You know. I yeah, I I will say I do. I, I would have to probably agree with you on that. I mean, uh, even even with even using the whole Spotify example, I I know a lot of artists that actually don't get a lot of money from that. Even if they get, you know, even if they get like two million streams, they'll only get like five thousand dollars just from from those two million people streaming it. They'll only get like five thousand dollars. So it's like um, I know I, I've heard that a lot of artists don't really like streaming music services like Spotify and. And Apple Music or whatever, because they don't really see 
the uh see the profit from it you know it's really just the public the music publishers or whatever producers that get most of the money and then the artist gets like next to nothing so i guess if you try to apply that to gaming you know if you have you know activision you know infinity war they're making the next big call of duty they spend millions and millions of dollars making that game you know for just the average person to just stream it for like 30 dollars a month you know that that um but they're not getting the whole 30 you know and they would only get a percentage of that thirty. Right. They would only get paid per string. Right, right. So then, I, I guess that might not, uh, that might not, fit, that might not really do well because I mean, then again, it takes a lot more money to, to produce a game than than the music. So, uh, I guess that's it's probably more of a no go. But I don't know. I I, I wonder because. I bet as a consumer, <laughs> I bet consumers would like would love an all you can eat, you know, or all you can game, you know, a streaming service. But yeah, like you said, I don't know if the if the capitalism works out in their favor, <laughs> works out in their favor. But uh, I mean, so I, I uh, think they I think they probably set it up to where. If you had a streaming service, maybe they would do a tiered service to say, you know, if you want the hottest in the new, you know, you're gonna come out of more than thirty dollars. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking, I'm thinking if they did it, they would have to break it up in that way, to where people who want the newest games just gonna have to pay more. Yeah, but unless you're talking about like a hundred, like I just can't see giving up. Like I'm thinking of me as the owner of Activision or the CEO of Activision giving any bit of my I know I'm gonna sell a hundred million copies of my game. Right. So you mean to tell me if I put it on your streaming service, you'll pay me let's say twenty dollars a stream. Well, I guess I could save some money on the physical media, which that isn't really even a big expense anyway, but the printing and the marketing and all that you so you you're still gonna put the same amount of dollars in marketing. You get to save a little bit of money on the physical media. But you're gonna lose forty to sixty dollars per stream. I mean, per you know, per unit. That just I don't see that happening in any boardroom in America. Yeah, I mean, so let let, let me let me take a different a different spin. So I, I know we're talking about like the future of console gaming, but how about the future of just physical media in general? What if Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, for that matter? What if they all said, you know? We're only going to sell our games on our store, so you can only buy new games from you know the Xbox from the Xbox store, the PlayStation store, or the, you know the, the Nintendo eShop, right? You know, do you think that <laughs> you think that stores like GameStop or even Best Buy, you know, do you think they can really survive something like that? Well, Best Buy would survive because that's not a significant amount of their profit. That's a, a traffic driver, but there's no markup in games or, or mm-hmm. hardware. So they don't make any money on on you coming in to buy the game. They make money on you buying a TV when you come in to buy the game. Uh, I think Best Buy would survive. Of course, GameStop, they would they would be they'd have to close the doors the next day. Uh, <laughs> you know, because that's like all of their business. They make all their money off the resale of video games. So I, I you know, that that does. But then you got to think about how many people would be affected by that. If you do that, you're basically saying if you don't have the internet, you can't play video games. And that you know that kind of sucks for some people. Yeah, we all know uh, the the backlash that Microsoft took when they first announced uh, <laughs> the Xbox One. They're always connected. Right, right. They spun around so quick. 
but they they've been better for it though. Ever since ever since they did that 180, and like they took away, they basically disavowed the connect, and then, <laughs> no, and now you know they they're all about the games now. So it seems like they're they're doing a lot better as far as their perception among gaming, uh, or the gaming community. Although I think PlayStation still kind of has a good has still has some of that goodwill left <laughs> since then, but. Uh, even and I would argue that that Microsoft still hasn't really had that that killer game that's really come out. I mean, they tried with some of them, like Record came out last year, but that was like that that failed horribly. Um, and then let's see, uh, Quantum Break came out. I forgot about Quantum Break. And you know, I actually kind of liked Quantum Break. I didn't play it, but I like the concept of it, where it was like a TV show slash game or something like that. Uh, I thought it was kind of innovative, but I don't, I don't think it did that well sales wise. But uh, I, I'm kind of getting off the point. But uh, so Marcus, let me let me ask you, uh, unless you all have something else to say, then. No. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so Marcus, let me ask you. So. Uh, would you, based on your experience with the Switch, like, would you rather have a gaming system that you can take with you? Or do you, you know, if 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 the Switch just kind of crashed and burned and all you really had left was the PlayStation and the Xbox, you know, would you be good? Would you be fine with just maintaining that status quo of, you know, I'm going to sit down in front of a TV and play a game? Yeah, um, well, the thing is about me is that I... I primarily play console anyway. Even even back in the day, like when you when you could get a Game Boy or a PSP, even if I had one, it would collect dust. You know what I'm saying? I, I never really just been that type of person to to game hardcore on a handheld like that. So if it, if it did go away, it wouldn't it wouldn't be any skin off my back. Honestly, if you if you already have like a Nintendo Wii U right now. There's no point in getting a switch, um, unless you just want to ride the wave with a hype, you know. Because they did really good on 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 the uh, the media aspect of it. They hyped it up real good. But uh, if I yeah, it it wouldn't be any skin off me. I I'd be fine. Um, and I primarily play it on my TV because I just hook it up to the dock anyway. So I I'm not I'm not I'm not the gaming on the go person, so it right. wouldn't matter. So, you know, it's kind of funny. So, you know, when the Wii came out and like the Wii did really well, right? And so because of that, you know, Microsoft came out with the Kinect and then Sony tried the whole, uh, what was it? The PlayStation uh, Move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PlayStation Move thing. And they, st- <laughs> they, they, st- they still use it with the, uh, with the PlayStation VR thing. But, yeah. but, uh, but you, know, you know, they tried to get that whole casual gamer market with the motion controls and all that kind of stuff. And they kind of crashed and burned. Uh, although, although to be fair, Sony is doing pretty well with the PlayStation VR. I think it's sold more than the Oculus Rift and the uh, and the HTC Vive. But because you don't need an eight hundred dollar PC to play, the, and, yeah. and that's what they're counting on. Though that count, they're counting on the people who already have PS4s. You know, if you already got a PlayStation, all you need to do is buy buy a VR, a PlayStation VR, and you and you good. Right. So I mean, so to that point, do you think? Or I wonder if Microsoft and Sony are going to come out with like 
now I, you know Sony has the Vita, but I wonder if they're either going to refresh the Vita or make a new handheld, or or I wonder if Microsoft is going to, you know, make an Xbox Mobile or something. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you now based on how the Switch does, now if the Switch doesn't, you know, it, it's doing well now, but if it kind of crashes and burns in the future, then it I, it it won't happen. But if the Switch does like really really well, like like we levels of 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 sales. You know, do you all think that Microsoft and Sony are going to get into that mobile market? Or you think they're, they're kind of like, uh, we'll let Nintendo have that? <laughs> I think Microsoft's been trying to get into the mobile market uh, for years. And it just never seems like a good opportunity to do it. And I don't think anything's really going to change now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're making too much money on the Xbox to be worried about, you know, Get, getting more, you know, I mean, they're not that they're not going to try to get more if the opportunity presents itself, but that's a hard thing to do. Nintendo did, and most companies just don't jump out like that, you know, and, and, and take that walk on the wild side that Nintendo does. So I don't see them doing it. Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, I don't, I don't think as far as the Wii goes, I don't think Nintendo knew how good that was going to be. If you nah, think about nah, it, the first two years, like I, I'm not gonna say first two years, but first year that the Wii was out, you couldn't find anything anywhere because everybody wanted some, you know. But um, I don't see the the Switch doing those numbers at all. It, I think it will do better than the um, the Wii U, of course, but. I don't see. <laughs> I mean, I think I, the, I think the Vita is doing better than the Wii U. It is. Listen, but, man, the Neo Geo did better than the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You, you took it back. <laughs> right? But the Switch, uh, it's, it's not, like like I said, it, it'll do better than the Wii U. It won't do Wii numbers, but at this point, okay, Zelda's great. That's good. That's dope. Now we got to get to the other stuff. We already know uh, Mario Kart 8 is going to sell because it's just a great game by itself, but that's not really uh they need to bring me something else you know something new something brand new i don't want a port of what was on the wii i need something brand new and and that's what we're really gonna find out is odyssey really gonna be that good and are they gonna give us something in between now and then to keep people interested um as far as the vita goes sony i believe they said that they were Ramping down that uh, that part, at least in the manufacture. Yeah, I think they're I think they're acknowledging that the Vita right. is kind of dead now. Right, but the thing is, it's only dead over here. Oh well, yeah, state. yeah. Oh yeah, in Japan, right. they love it. Right. So, I mean, as far as hardware goes, they're 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 not really as much concerned. And and for stuff like the Vita, that's where your digital downloads. It, it comes even in more handy because you you know those those tiny cards. If you ever if you even seen these cards, even the ones on the Switch, they're so small. It's like it seems like everybody's just gonna go digital. But I'm getting off the point. But I don't I don't see Sony doing a new Vita <laughs> unless they you know if if they do a new handheld, it'll be a different name. It'll be a you know something completely new. Right, right. Well, I think uh, it's, getting, it's getting a little late here, so I think I'm gonna go, we can go ahead and wrap it up. But uh, before, before we go, let me let me mention that uh, you can find us on theblacktechies.com. You can find different articles. 
And uh, it's also where you can find the podcast. You can also find us on SoundCloud. Uh, and also subscribe to us using your favorite podcast app. So, you know, we're on iTunes, Google Play, all that. So uh, be sure to be sure to check us out. Share. And please, please leave uh, leave, <laughs> leave a, uh, uh, a review. Because that way people can, can see that... Uh, can see that we're doing well and it or or bad if you if you hate us please don't hate us but uh it, it'll help us get, you know get our get, get the word out about us so but before we go dominique is there anything you want to say everybody i hope everybody has a wonderful week two weeks before we see y'all again but just remembering and and take solace and love the fact that there is a good chance that by the next time y'all hear our voice, he won't be our president no more. Y'all have a good one. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I think I think that's gonna be our standard uh, uh, exit from from and at least until <laughs> until he actually is gone. But until then, you all have a good day. Peace.